Donald Trump's flying visit this week to his golf resort in County Clare looked set to be a sleepy affair. But then the former president woke up on Thursday morning with something on his mind. It's a disgrace that it's allowed to happen. It's called false accusations against a rich guy, or in my case, against a famous, rich and political person. It was a game of two halves. He he came in very diplomatic and as reserved as Donald Trump can be. And then on the second day, in this extraordinary diatribe, he, he cut loose from the tee box and, and went on the offensive in a way that has been and will remain synonymous with Donald Trump and Trumpism. This is In the News from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, Trump's tirade from the first tee. Jack Horgan Jones, an overnight stay in a five-star hotel. It's a bit more glamorous than your usual assignment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I've done my fair share of slumming it uh, on the floor of uh, count centres around the country or standing in freezing cold uh, temperatures waiting to doorstep politicians doing commuting time canvases. So I feel personally I've earned this anyway, but yes, it's a bit unusual. <laughs> um, I'm here in a suite in, in the Trump Hotel in Beg, which is which is lovely and, and, and rather rather lacking in the flashy or gaudy stuff that you might that you might expect. There's very little gold-flecked uh, uh, taps or anything like that. So it's a bit of a disappointment on that front, but how disappointed can it really be if I'm getting to stay in the five-star hotel? True. Now, it was a flying visit for Trump, and we want to hear all about it. Could you start from the beginning, from Wednesday, when he arrived? Yeah, so we, myself and the rest of the press pack, came down on Wednesday afternoon, really, and we're kind of milling around the hotel. It was quiet enough uh, as he came in. The uh, the staff were doing final touch-ups, power washing the walls, uh, applying paint to uh, to the bollards, uh, putting up miniature American flags here, there, and everywhere. Uh, and there were knots of guardi uh, uh, dotted around the place. Um, but apart from that, it was pretty quiet. Not too many guests uh, went down to Dubeg, the town, to soak up some of the local colour and found it largely deserted. In fact, one person suggesting to me that the locals were were staying away a little bit, fed up at this. Just day. in case a pesky reporter would ask him something, I suppose. Well, exactly. Yeah. And I do get the sense that, you know, the community down here is probably a little bit fed up of the repeated incursions, not from not from Donald Trump, but from the, the associated pack of, uh, of of journalists who uh, insist on asking them various annoying questions. A lot of a lot of annoying journalists. A lot of media yeah, yeah. focus. Yeah. Yeah. The media weren't very nice. Well, they were and they weren't. I was speaking to a local shopkeeper and former Fianna Fáil election candidate, Rita McInerney. You know, it was a bit sickening back in 2019. People just, they didn't want to know, they didn't want to understand. And she was describing to me the history of the Doombeg project, uh, discussing how it was kind of conceived in the late 90s as, as a plan to pick up where Money Point was leaving off, as, as, as Money Point kind of waned as an important employer in the area, as it was wound down. This project was hatched to develop a golf links and hotel, uh, which was built out over the 2000s and ultimately taken over by, by the Trump organization in, in 2014. And they've actually kind of struck up a fairly, a fairly fruitful relationship with uh, with the Trump organization. We very much have to separate the politics and the business. I mean, if you think about it, we as a country do a lot of business with, with, with nations that we wouldn't agree with politically if you look at... They've kind of thrown their lot in behind various planning applications, most recently one that was ultimately unsuccessful, seeking to install some uh, some new storm defences on the beach here that would ultimately protect the, uh, the the hotel's golf course as well as the, the coastal erosion on the beach. They want to invest, they want to spend the 40 million, 10 on, on coastal protection. 
And she told me how later she would be meeting with Donald Trump to discuss the storm defences uh, that have had planning permission refused, a meeting that ultimately didn't transpire because he was uh, so late in arriving. So there were people staying in the hotel, presumably. Were you talking to any of them? Yeah, an interesting uh, scattering of people. A lot of American tourists or North American tourists, some of whom were were devout Trump fans. Uh, I was talking in particular to a retired Canadian couple. They are on a diet of of American media um, and are are huge fans of Donald Trump, both the hotels where they stay around the world and also of his brand of politics. We think he is a remarkable guy. Let me put it this way. If I was American, I'd vote for Trump. Absolutely. And what was interesting from both their own outlook and from other Trump fans, Irish Trump fans that I was talking to, is the degree to which they kind of imbibe and and accept and are true believers when it comes to the the pillars of of the kind of the the, the doctrines of Trumpism. You know, the, the the fake news, the false narrative that he won the twenty twenty election and was uh, denied that victory because of uh, of interference um, and all these other these other uh, you know diminishments of the 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 rape case allegations that he's facing. So what do you think? All that. This is what this is what I think. I, I know a lot of famous people, a lot of rich, rich, famous billionaire people, and people come after them all the time. It's is he there almost some, has to run again. To is, is there some truth? Because, to, is there some truth to this stuff? Hey, probably, but you know. So, did you meet any Irish fans who had travelled to Doombeg just in the in the hopes of glimpsing him? Or yes, there was one guy, uh, Ty O'Shaughnessy, who is a, a gentleman from Limerick who who uh, came into the bar. What is it? What is it that attracts you to him? Oh my God, he does the right things for his country. He loves his country. Like when you love your country that much, you do anything. Sporting the MAGA hat, uh, stars and stripes in hand, and um, also in tow a huge uh, array of gifts that he had commissioned uh, and brought to, to give to, to, to uh, Donald Trump, including this rather striking oil painting of Trump uh, astride a white horse, sword in hand, in a kind of, I don't know... Napoleonic, isn't Napo- it? Almost Napoleonic kind of mode, mm. yeah. So he's on horseback there. He's on horseback, yeah. He's, like, he's going to conquer the world. Yeah. Strength, no. power... Lead, lead the people. Do you have that with you now? You're yes, we have a room. Like we've all that in the room now. This That's in the room. Them. Yeah, yeah. So I made a video of uh, the stuff we want to. Um, what is Sorry, the video we're coming and he was saying that uh, he was going to give that to Trump and he uh, was actually, he, he was awaiting his arrival in the lobby uh, alongside myself and another reporter and a whole gaggle of staff and, and guests. And, and unfortunately, the Secret Service intercepted and said that they couldn't, they could, he couldn't take any, any gifts and he would have to go through his staff. I didn't actually see whether he managed to, to get them away or not, but I was talking to, to Tig later in the bar uh, and, and he certainly was, was delighted to have come so close to, to someone he, he clearly idolised. Like, do you think a politician like him would do well in Ireland? Well, a business person definitely would. I think what's wrong this country they're not business people. When you're a business person, you can own anything and you'll know how to get the best deal. It's clear that, you know, while he is facing a huge amount of controversy in the United States at the moment, there's alleged election interference in, in Georgia. There's the retention of documents, criminal charges that he may be, may be facing associated with payments to, to, to Stormy Daniels. And then this week, obviously, there's the, the civil case relating to an alleged rape of E. Jean Carroll, the, the writer, which has dominated headlines. Tonight, explosive new testimony in the E. Jean Carroll civil rape and defamation case against former President Donald Trump. 
On Wednesday, former People magazine writer Natasha Stoinoff took the stand to emotionally allege that Donald Trump sexually assaulted her in 2005. But within these enclaves, within these, uh, within these little corners of, of Scotland and Ireland that he's visiting this week, uh, there are true believers and he's welcomed with open arms. He pulls me against the wall and starts kissing me. So what did happen when Trump arrived? He eventually came in shortly after eight o'clock. He was treated on arrival to a display of Irish dancing at a purposely constructed stage that was laid out in front of the the hotel. And he seemed to really, he seemed to really love it. Like, I mean, this kind of pageantry and this kind of unique display um, of of tribute goes down well with with Trump. Jack, you did get a chance to ask him a couple of questions. What's it like being back in Ireland for the first time since Well, they've done a great job here. This has become a big success. Uh, We love it. Special place. You see what happened out there with the kids, and uh, we helped them, and they helped us. And uh, it's really a very special place. Great course, great hotel. You're here very shortly after President Biden's visit. What did you make of President Biden's visit? What did you make of the crowds? Well, I don't know. I mean, I didn't see too much of his visit. I don't know what he did here, but... Uh, this is special, and we're here to pay homage to this great property. This property has uh, revitalized a big part of Ireland, and uh, the people are happy. And we have incredible people working here, a lot of them, too. You see some of them, a lot of them. So it's been great. It's been really great. There's a lot of U.S. companies in Ireland, a lot of them paying yeah. an awful lot of corporate tax here. Do you that's think right. some of that corporate tax, or indeed most of that corporate tax, should be paid in America? Well, that's an interesting question, but I won't answer that question in your country. But a lot of people would say yes, but Ireland's done a great job. You've lured a lot of companies in, and uh, they, they love it here. They really love it here. Been- the most interesting thing that he said was, was in relation to, to corporate tax, and I asked him about you know, whether the, the kind of bonanza corporate tax take that is currently uh, being experienced in Ireland, whether some of those U.S. companies would or should pay more or most of that tax in, in the United States. And he did what was a kind of interesting and, and kind of classic Trump feint. You know, he, he, he said, that's an interesting question, but I don't want to address it here in Ireland. But he said a lot of people are saying that. And I'm reading Maggie Haberman's book, she's a New York Times reporter who has covered Donald Trump, uh, both sides of the White House, um, and, you know, has just released this book on him called Confidence Man. And she describes this kind of rhetorical technique at length where he won't explicitly endorse something or explicitly make a statement, but he'll kind of invoke, you know, the voice of a third person or the voice of many people who are saying that, which is an implicit kind of agreement, but nothing that you can necessarily pin on him. And then he, he used a very interesting word to describe how Ireland does its business. He said that Ireland has lured, he really laboured the U, that Ireland has lured companies and lured is obviously, it suggests a certain underhandedness or a certain kind of degree of, of, of sharp practice. Mm. He was asked by another journalist about the, the E. Jean Carroll case. Why are you here instead of in New York for your civil case, please? Because we have a long-standing agreement to come here. We've had. He kind of parried it, uh, didn't really engage, and moved off into the hotel uh, where he had dinner with some associates and emerged uh, later about uh, kind of 10 o'clock and, and, and retired to his room, only briefly uh, pausing to, to assert that his, uh, his, his trip was much better than, than Biden's recent one. The one person that you would recognise that was in attendance and was part of the party was was his son Eric Trump, who has a, as I understand, a fairly extensive role 
in uh, in running the overseas uh, property empire, certainly the the hotels and, and golfs, and he is apparently a fairly frequent visitor to Doom Beg. Um, he was in the bar uh, himself after his after his uh, after his father departed, uh, having a couple of pints. But he didn't make his uh, quasi traditional trip down to Tuberty's Bar in in Doom Beg, much to the disappointment of the uh, of the the hacks, the journalists that had that had, that had uh, gathered there in in the hope and expectation that he might. So, Jack, Donald Trump had no interest in engaging in anything controversial on Wednesday when he arrived, when it came to discussing his own legal cases. But today, Thursday, something changed. What happened? There was this remarkable four-minute diatribe that he made from the first uh, tee box. I have to leave Ireland and I have to leave Scotland, where I have great properties. I have to leave early. I don't have to, but I choose to. Will you attend the trial, Mr. President? I'll probably attend, and I think it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace that it's allowed to happen. It's called false accusations against a rich guy, or in my case, against a famous, rich, and political person that's leading the polls by 40 points. And I have to go back for a woman that made a false accusation about me, and I have a judge who's extremely hostile, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to confront this one. This woman is a disgrace, and it shouldn't be allowed to happen in our country. You, you, you go to the and, and you saw that kind of campaigning style emerge again, and those key messages that play so well for him and have played so well for him uh, being just spewed out at this incredible velocity. Uh, it was it was Donald Trump, the classic, uh, the classic iteration comes to County Clare. This is a, let me just tell you, this is a political attack is a political attack. This is the only way they think they can win the election because they're losing. Biden's losing. He's down by 11. And my uh, Republican opponent is down by 45. He's disappeared. But this is a political attack. But I'm going to go back early. It's a disgrace that it can happen. Where's the coat? Show the coat. We want to see the Will coat. Will you attempt to defend yourself, this Mr. Coat or a dress. She's got a dress or a coat. It's been, Once we said, oh, no, let's see it. You know what she does? Oh, we don't want to give it. Well, why Show the give, diary. Why don't you give evidence? The diary has nothing mentioned. It's all made up, and it's a disgrace. Uh, in why the meantime, I'm going to go shoot 70. Is this your defense? And then just said, no, excuse me, I'm going to go and hit a 71, which, as I understand it, I'm not a golfer, but apparently is, is quite a good golf score. Jack, on top of all that, you had a chance to ask his son, Eric Trump, a question about it too. So let's hear that. I mean, he's obviously uh, facing a, a whole suite of issues back in the States, whether it's the Georgia stuff, the Eugene Carroll stuff, they don't want to talk about the indictment, uh, the story Daniels and so on. Is he in, in hiding here in Europe or in Scotland or in Ireland? Does he look like he's in hiding? He's well, he, well he's, not, he's not in New York. Excuse me, he just he's came to Ireland for 24 hours. He just did a press conference for you on the first green of a golf course. Like, Does that look like he's in hiding? What, did, why do you think he's not put down an official defence in the Eugene Carroll case then? What do you think his people are doing right now? Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll go himself? We're good. Right, um, Jack, thank you so yeah, much. Thanks, we Jack. appreciate Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Take care. So, when Trump was ranting on the golf course, uh, Jack, he used the word confront. He said he would confront Eugene Carroll. Was that a surprise? It was, and it was a really uh, interesting and again classic kind of Trumpist tactic. You know, he uh, 
he said that he's he's cutting short his trip. I'm I'm not aware that there has been actually a curtailment of the trip. I was always under the impression that he was planning to leave today, but he he gave the the strong impression saying I have to go back for a woman that has made a, a false accusation against me. Uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to confront this woman. This woman is a disgrace, and and as we said, went in a very highly personalized and vindictive attack. But that stands to some degree in contrast to the the courtroom tactics that his team have adopted whereby they, they haven't offered up many or any witnesses for the defense. So I think what you're seeing here is, again, uh, Trump trying to frame the response, trying to frame himself as the victim, trying to frame everything as being politically motivated and designed to, to harm his chances of reclaiming what he sees as his rightful seat again in the Oval Office, which fits into the kind of classic populist narrative that underpins Trump politics. Of course, many of the many many parts of that couldn't be further from the truth, um, and that's evidenced by the the dissonance between those those courtroom tactics and and the communication tactics. But it's all to do with the frame that he's trying to put on it, and it's to do with trying to put out messages. I think that will play really well with his base, and will play really well not necessarily with the Irish Times or with mainstream media. We'll report them, but like you know, it's 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 for the truth social. It's for people who are already uh, converts to to the tribe. I think of Donald Trump. Uh, it's grist to the mill. It's more uh, more ammo and more momentum to that media cycle that, that has played so well for him and suggests that he's going to run his campaign uh, for 2024 in the exact same way that he ran for, for 2016 and, and, and 2020. And I suppose, you know, if you're looking at from his perspective, why wouldn't he? He, became, he was extremely close to, to winning in 2020. He won in, 2020, in 2016. And, and, you know, he would say this, but he expects to win again in, in 2024. So it's proven to be a very potent, if, if not somewhat toxifying and, and divisive brand of politics. Thanks, Jack Horgan-Jones from a blustery dune bag. That's it for today. For more Irish Times journalism, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon. In the news, we'll be back on Monday.